You are listening to Astrology Today, coming to you live from beautiful Sunshine Coast and Powell River, which is situated on the traditional lands of the Klahoman Nation. I will be your host, Maureen Reed, and I am an astrologer. Welcome. So on today's rainy day show, um, we're going to continue our last look at the four signs. Um, the sketches that I've been doing over the last, uh, I think, two episodes. Let's see, episode number six and seven. So this is eight. Uh, and we'll be looking at Leo, Virgo, Libra, and Scorpio. Started. We're going to begin with Leo. And in the bottom half of the chart, in the sense that we always start with Aries and go um, counterclockwise with the signs, uh, Leo represents the only sign with its ruler being the sun that's in the day sect. All the other signs below the horizon are of the night sect. And my suspicion is this could be uh, related to the fact that by the time we get to the sign of Leo, we have an ego that has coalesced. We have a persona that is separate and unique. Ergo, here I am. And that is the expressiveness of Leo. Leo, of course, is a fixed sign. So it can be intense, determined, focused, persistent, and sustain over the long haul. Obviously, the element for Leo is fire, which is catalytic, thrilled, spontaneous, excited, and enthusiastic. The Leo archetype, why that would be me, 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 <laughs> definitely. Um, they can often be spotted actually uh, preening in front of mirrors when they're young. <laughs> Okay, so the other archetypes that go with this are, of course, the king and the queen. And some people will put the word drama in front of that. In other words, drama king, drama queen. Uh, the performer, the child, the clown. Now, the Leo myth um, centers around uh, heroes like Samson and Hercules, and apparently they were literally battling lions. Uh, it's also, I suspect, that the god, the masculine, as we've already covered cancer, which is the feminine, holds power over the earth. We must remember, without the sun, that's what makes life possible. The rising in you and the sun is what lights up and makes your life possible. Of course, the domicile ruler for Leo is the sun, and it's the, the rising is you, but where the sun is, is your sense of enlightenment. It's how you shine out into the world, your light of awareness on a specific selective arena of your life. So if you look at your chart and you go, okay, so my sun is in a particular sign. So that's going to qualify uh, what kind of light you put out in the world. Um, and the place is also going to be where uh, that light gets mostly focused. Now, one of the areas that the sun really enjoys, of course, is Aries, and he is exalted there. The ancients called the sun all-seeing, consisting of fiery and intelligent light. 
the instrument of perception of the soul. In a nativity signifies what you could be king over or have authority, leadership, mind, and intelligence. The sun is fortunate, of course, in a day chart, uh, and it would like engagement in public affairs, uh, leadership of crowds, and can, in your chart, obviously point to your father. Um, it's the master or owner of um, notable figures. Uh, so, you know, with a really prominent son, people are usually involved with the upper echelons of uh, society or politics or, you know, literally the stars. Uh, okay, so Leo qualities, um, active, I will, um, it has a sense of magnetism. So here you could also put in charm as well. Uh, dramatic, definitely. Idealistic, proud, ambitious, creative, dignified, romantic, generous, self-assured, and optimistic. Sort of the Father Christmassy kind of image comes to my mind. But unfortunately, a negative son slash Leo can be vain, status conscious, childish, overbearing, fear and fears ridicule, cruel, boastful, pretentious, and autocratic. A Leo emotional, uh, in other words, the moon there, they're going to exude this confidence and attention-getting charisma. They can be overbearing and expressive. And when they are expressing their feelings, it's going to be in order to see me. Leo mental, we are self-assured, uh, really excellent at storytelling, can be a show-off, can be arrogant, boastful, but definitely creative. Leo features, any surprise here, mane-like hair. They can also appear heroic and tend to wear noticeable jewelry. And that is one I'm going to have to start paying attention to because <laughs> I don't know if I've ever really noticed that. Locations that uh, the Leo quality likes, hot, bright, steep, high, recreation. Spiritual, of course, we're looking at dramatic pageantry, the force as in the Star Wars, and likely fire rituals. Now, when you think of the placement of the sun in your chart, realize that the Leo domicile will want to port that sign into its house. Uh, Leo spiritual pomp and glory all of that kind of stuff is going to put in there remember too that Leo must balance with Aquarius and the Sun must work with Saturn the father-son split and uh, that is something that you know way of looking at it is something that's actually new for me and so I'm going to be looking to see how that plays out so we go from the blazing fire of the sun to Virgo, huh? <laughs> the switch between Leo and Virgo is actually quite dramatic in a weird way. Um, we have here Virgo, of course. Um, we have the Virgin holding a sheaf of wheat. Virgo is a mutable sign. So it's disseminating, adjustable, adaptable, redesigning, diversified, evolving. Virgo's element is earth, pragmatic, concrete, 
physical, reliable, solid, productive, practical. The Virgo archetype, the servant, the martyr, the perfectionist, the analyst. The, the Virgo, the myth, is the virgin mother. Gaia mother is another one that's been assigned to it recently. And in Greek, it was the mother goddess. And this idea of the virgin is not, uh, not the doe-eyed one who lacks knowledge of the mysteries. No, this is the virgin as one operating a whole onto oneself. And so not requiring relationship. My story, which I think I have bastardized from Stephen Forrest, the author, goes like this. All of the employers all over the world approached the god goddess, goddesses with a petition that they, the gods and goddesses, would create a group of people who want to do a job well, who actually care about a job well done. And the gods and the goddesses said, okay, I'll give you the quality of Virgo. Virgo is the second domicile of Mercury. Mercury and Gemini being that first raw data collection. But now, now Mercury will want to analyze, be practical, be industrious, be studious, methodical, disseminating, discriminating, pardon me, fact-finding, exacting, clean, humane, and above all, Virgo seeks perfection. So ergo, as a worker bee, they're the best. And you'd be surprised at how many of them are in professions that require that kind of attention to detail, nursing, doctors. Um, but there's also another area that there are quite a few of. On the negative side, Virgo can be critical, petty, melancholic, fears, diseases, and poverty. They can be picky, skeptical, and I don't know, apparently sloppy. I can't say I've ever seen one. Um, and they're into self, I think it's called flagellation. I didn't even type this out because I couldn't figure out how to spell it. But, you know, they will beat themselves up, which is not necessarily a useful thing. Virgo, emotionally, they're discreet, self-analytical. Um, they can deny themselves things easily. They can be fussy, fussy neurotic nervous and worrisome. Virgo mentally, obviously, perfectionist, uh, make great editors, correcting, they can do scheduling, organizing, reminding, oh yeah, and nagging. Virgo features can have a cleft in the nose or chin. I went looking at two of my more popular stars that have clefts and yeah, no, neither one of them had Virgo. <laughs> Uh, worried brow, noticeable bone structure. Hmm. Virgo likes places that are level, wet, warm, agriculture, and of course, a repair shop. Virgo spiritually systematized, physical. So Virgo is very good with yoga, tai chi, um, you know, sort of the whole dietary herbs, nutrition, one must also see Virgo in balance with Pisces. This axis is one of dependent, codependent, when both sides are not functional. Um, when functional, these qualities can produce saints, 
think sacred music of the spheres. Moving on from the practical of Virgo, we head to Libra. And the only sort of um, non-living symbol in the zodiac, and that is, it is the symbol of the scales. The literal balancing that all the other sign pairs are working towards. Libra is a cardinal sign, so it wants to start things, be originative, uh, motivated, directive, creative. It's an air sign, so conceptual, logical, objective, uh, communicative, and interactive. The Libra archetype, archetype, (laughs) I'm stumbling over my words today, the lover seeking its other half, the artist pleasing to all the senses, the peacemaker like the middle child, Interactive can run the social club at the office. Cooperation, another one of its strengths. The Libra myth, living happily ever after, creating wholeness through relationship. Think of my better half. The truth of the heart. The scale of justice, judging something impartially. Libra is, of course, the second domicile of Venus. Uh, Venus's first domicile was Taurus, and that was an embodied value. Now we have an air sign, the esoteric value, cooperative, persuasive, companionable, peace-loving, refined, judicial, artistic, diplomatic, social, suave. When negative, Libra quality is fickle, apathetic, loves intrigue, peace at any price, pouting, and crazy-making. Why crazy-making? They can be indecisive. Um, Emotionally, self-deprecating, manipulative. Ooh, these guys are the masters of the passive-aggressive, which in my interpretation is code for, I'll just wait until you suggest what I want to do. Very good at that. Uh, sharing, other-oriented, the situation, of course, must be fair. Libra can easily bring out the Aries forthrightness with its dithering. Mentally, Libra requires balance, optionally oriented, exchanging, sharing, and again, of course, mentally indecisive, respectful of feedback. Hmm. Okay, you want to hire a Libra to do the dirty work and people will be happy to go. So if you gotta fire someone, get a Libra in. They know how to just cushion that with all the right words. Their features, fine balanced features, aesthetically appealing bone structure, classical looks. Places that they like, hilly, airy, clean, dry, Uh, Obviously, beauty, and um, they're all about relationship. Remember, Mars and Venus, the balance of the receptive and the aggressive energy. Next up is my favorite duality of Mars and Venus. Only now the stakes go up. Scorpio, we get our only bug 
and it can be deadly, apparently. Scorpions bring the light into the dark places, maybe. Or maybe they are the dark places. No, no, just kidding. Well, maybe I'm not, <laughs> seeing as I am a Scorpio. <laughs> oh, well. <clears throat> Meanwhile, Scorpio is fixed, focused, intense, determined, persevering, persistent, and sustaining. Yeah, watch me do 300 and million shows. <laughs> we'll see. Scorpio is deep water sensitive, psychic, merged, transformative, empathic, and fully emotional. And what I like to usually describe for people that have Scorpio circuits, just to kind of introduce them to the difference that that is to the rest of the other 11 signs. In our society, we appreciate people being happy and sad. Thank you very much. But to stray into full expression of the depths and heights that emotions can run like ecstasy or rage and most people will just run away and Scorpios will kind of chuckle when that happens no no <laughs> we, we do but anyway okay so the Scorpio archetype the detective the sorcerer the hypnotist this is the second domicile of Mars with Aries, we got immediate direct response to life, very useful in an emergency. But what if you are faced with profound trauma that makes everyone shut down? Can you still act? Death is a territory that Scorpio can stand with. Atrocity is another. Scorpio can handle emotional intensity in themselves and others, which means they cover that range from vengeful, compulsive, jealous, uh, to defending and transforming, to birthing. Scorpio mental, life mission, aware of higher purpose, perceptive, penetrating, secretive, investigative, can be psychic too, focused, defensive, attacking, power tripping. You don't want to get a Scorpio mad, trust me. At least not one with a Mars and Libra that's confused. <laughs> Anyway, okay, I would also add here that Scorpio circuit is a bullshit detector of the emotional kind, which can get them into trouble. And how this works is with a strong Scorpio circuit, so this could be any of the traditional planets in Scorpio, we'll give you a piece of this. Um, you'll recognize when someone is out of sync with what's really going on for them on an emotional level. Now, to point that out to said individual, this will not be appreciated because they may not realize that they are not in coherence with themselves. Um, and so they will not thank you for that. But from a Scorpio circuit's point of view, you need to keep that in mind so that you don't get caught up in whatever negativity is going down for that other person. Meanwhile, Scorpio is living life full on or shut down, nothing in between. Scorpio features intense, brooding, shuddered look. Think of Rasputin eyes. Uh, Scorpio places extreme deep, wet water, obviously, plumbing. Oh, yes, taking the sewer stuff out. Death. 
the crack that lets the light in. Spiritually, Scorpios are seeking that oneness. Um, and that's that total merging of Mars and Venus, rather than the balancing act in Aries Libra. This is alchemical transformation that, um, you know, so alchemically turning, you know, what is it? Copper into gold? I don't know. There's one of those things. Okay, so we are coming up to, yeah, so this would be the natural place that I would break to see if anybody has sent a message. So I'm actually going to just scan my various media outlets and see if anybody has actually sent me a message. Nope, not there, not there, and not there. Oh, where has my audience gone? No. <laughs> uh, Jupiter just went into Capricorn and my moon is there. And so, yeah, I can have fun with this. Okay, so now we're going to look at some people that have these four signs featured. And the first one, which is going to obviously show my age, is Lucille Ball. And she kind of erupted onto the television scene with a kind of comedy that I don't think has been replaced. Um, and I suspect that uh, lots of comedians that have followed uh, since she came onto TV have uh, used her as a blueprint because uh, she was amazing. So Lucille Ball was born on August the 6th, 1911 at 5 p.m. in Jamestown, New York. Um, in our society, we, whoo, wrong, wrong set of paper, paper. Oh, where are we going here? There we go. She has a Leo sun, moon in Capricorn, and a Capricorn rising. She also has Mercury and Venus in Virgo. This is a day chart giving Jupiter prominence. Saturn is happier, of course, and Mars will be the malefic. But Mars and Saturn are conjoined in hard-working Taurus. That is actually a really nice combination, even if they are the malefics. The sun is in the eighth in Leo, so let's begin there. One could easily see her in her sunny disposition as the comedic. Uh, when she was in character, but that was a character she played, and typically a son, no matter what's the sign, becomes not seen when it's in the eighth house. This makes me wonder if she was at times frustrated by not being taken seriously, and only seen for the comic bumbling character she played. Her career did not flourish until she teamed up with her second husband, Desi Arnaz, and they took control of their show, and this was a TV show, and I'm going to pause here for a sip. <clears throat> yes. Um, and that TV show was a hit, the Lucille Ball show. This Leo found her light in comedy, and comedy is all about timing, which she would have continually learned about with Mercury in his own domicile of Virgo in the ninth. Remember, ninth is education. Venus is also in Virgo, would give her classical beauty, and that's ruling her 10th house of Libra. And she was actually a very beautiful woman. 
Um, but she could contort that face into something very comic. <laughs> the moon and ascendant are in Capricorn speaks to the fact that she also had great success in the business of show business as well. Lucille Ball owned a TV production house, which was responsible for shows like The Dick Van Dyke Show, The Untouchables, Star Trek, and Mission Impossible. Who knew? I didn't. And so again, that eighth house son, that particular aspect of her life was not visible unless you were, you know, in the biz. Capricorn is ruled by that Saturn in Taurus. And remember, conjunct Mars, hard work will pay off. She sold Desilu Productions for $17 million. I am left with an impression that the Leo Sun, the fire in the belly, produced a true queen on more than one level. Okay, next up for our Virgo contender, I picked... Agatha Christie, a sun in Virgo, crime mystery writer who anchored herself in history. Agatha was born on September the 15th, 1890 at 4 a.m. in Torquay, England. Hers is a night chart with the sun and Saturn in the first house, moon in Libra with Mercury in the second and Venus in Scorpio. The sun in the first makes the native want to be seen. Her light must shine. Saturn there would also say, I must also be my own authority. The shining light also wants to be, obviously, a perfectionist. Christie's success as an author of sleuth stories has earned her titles like the Queen of Crime, the Queen of Mystery. Christie, Agatha, also can be considered a queen of all publishing genres as she is one of the top selling authors in history with her combined works selling more than 2 billion copies worldwide. What does a sleuth need? Well, he or she needs the ability to attend to details. And of course, that's Virgo's favorite thing to do. Wow, when Virgo gets good at something, <laughs> billions of books later. Mercury is Virgo's star and in Agatha Christie he is in Libra in the second house. And when I first saw that I would have went wait a minute I would have suspected that romance writing would have been her thing. But no Venus the ruler of that Libra is in Scorpio. So yes relationships but the dark and dangerous relationships of the deep psyche. That Mercury also rules her 10th Gemini and giving rise to just how prolific she was. Okay now next up we have uh, John Lennon. And let me just pull his chart up here. There we go. Uh, right. Okay. So he was born on October the 9th at night, or October the 9th, 1940 at 6.30 p.m. in Liverpool, England. His son is in Libra. Give peace a chance. In the 7th, the moon is in Aquarius in the 11th of social global family. And Aries is rising. We find his Venus is in Virgo in the sixth. 
You would ex expect a more literal fighter, but wait, Mars is in its fall of Libra. No, he has to fight fair, and he sees both sides. The Libra sun is also in the seventh. Balance, balance, balance. With a Libra sun, we must also look to Venus for further clarification. The Venus will take the artistic sensibilities of Libra and constantly refine them. And that includes his desire to give peace a chance. Lenin and Ono, his second wife, invented a form of peace protest by staying in bed while being filmed and interviewed. And their single, Give Peace a Chance, recorded in 1969 under the name of the Plastic Ono Band, became a national anthem of sorts for pacifists. So where did these ideas come from? Let's see. Moon in Aquarius in the 11th of Good Fortune is a domicile lord of the 4th. How better to promote your Libra and Moon Aquarius anarchistic desires than in bed? So why such a tragic end? One must remember the 7th house son is more a description of other. The absent father and his was. Um, at the time, the U.S. was a war machine, not a peace machine. The public persona is Capricorn and Saturn, is part of a successful Saturn-Jupiter conjunction in Taurus. And we've already noted that with, who else had that? Um, oh no, it's the next one coming up that has the Saturn-Jupiter of hard work. He was successful, so Envy may have played a role in his death. Lastly, Mars is in a day chart. Is, and it is a malefic, and it is in its fall. So a difficult planet who is not doing well. And his ruler, that Venus, does not see its guest. And that's um, a way of looking at the chart that the Hellenistic astrologers did. That Mars also rules his eighth. And here we find Mercury. The eighth is a bad house associated with death, death but usually other people's death. Could Mercury have created a problem speaking from the depths of Scorpio, making him a provocateur of unstable minds? Yeah, that's a question. Venus could help that Mars, but in the sixth in Virgo, it was pivotal to his music, but does not offer any help from that place. And her other domicile, Taurus, also does not look to that Mars. The sun's placement obscures that fiery first house self, and he was a fighter that could not defend himself. Next up, we have one of my favorite Canadian singers, and this is Katie Lang. Katie Lang uh, was born... Let's see now. Yeah, I didn't write this part out. Okay, so she was born on November the 2nd, 1961 at 2.03 a.m. in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Okay, where are we? Um, ba, 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 ba. Oh, have I got these out of order? I do. There we go. I got ahead of myself. Okay. Her son is in the third house along with its ruler Mars. 
who is very happy here. Uh, Mars in Scorpio rules Scorpio. The moon is in Virgo and just above the horizon in the first. This makes Mercury very important and he is in the second conjunct Venus in Libra. A chart made for music. As if that was not enough, she has Saturn conjunct Jupiter in Capricorn. Hard work are us. Just as an aside, we are now approaching a time when Saturn and Jupiter will conjoin once again in Capricorn, producing more people with an amazing work ethic. Hmm, and Katie's second Saturn return. I wonder what she will do for her third act. Meanwhile, Katie's son in um, Scorpio, the fire in the belly to speak her Scorpio truth, first successfully openly gay singer and she came out in a conservative redneck province of Alberta that Mars in Scorpio is dignified and powerful in a night chart. Unlike John Lennon's chart, KD can fight for her own cause. Her dignified Mars also rules her eighth house, indicating that management of her career should go well. They both have strong Virgo circuits, which is something a lot of musicians have. They can refine their craft. For Katie, this gives her comfort as well. She has crafted her life to support the moon and ascendant, her physical self. She's a Buddhist, a vegetarian. Mercury, which rules that Virgo, is also the ruler of her 10th. And like our crime fiction writer, could see a long prolific career. It is happily wedded to Venus and Libra in the second of resources, her voice and artistic values. She has let them both shine. Okay, so those are the charts and I'm looking at my time. I have 20 minutes. I'm wanting to make note of this for future episodes. Okay, so uh, before I jump into where's that moon, I want to just talk a little bit about how to use this little segment of the program that I do for you every week. Um, and so what I'm going to suggest is that you have your own chart. Um, you make note of the progression that the moon is making for the week to come and see how it affects each of the arenas of your life that the moon is traveling through. Okay, so um, and I had put here that this would be the time for the phone calls, but actually it's a bit past that time. Okay, so let's get back to what to do with the moon. As you know, each week I give the timing and as it turns out, uh, the moon happens to be in Aries today. So the start of the 12 sign cycle. Now the moon has already had since 1 p.m. on Thursday in Aries. So all day yesterday, Friday, I had lots of energy to write this episode. Why? I have Aries rising. And so the moon is literally gonna affect my physicality. Um, also, Aries is all about me as I have uh, this energy boost. So I can do what I want to do. Take time to see what house Aries occupies and note where Mars is too. If you have a night chart, this energy will be easier than maybe a day chart. Can Mars act out easily? And again, its position will tell you that. 
Does Aries encompass a good house or is Mars challenged? Either one of those will affect how you will feel that Aries moon. The 12th house, if it's Aries, might struggle when the moon is here, feeling blocked and restrained. Can the placement of your Mars help or hinder this situation? This is something to check. An 8th house Aries also will be problematic if it is Aries. But maybe not if that Mars is in Scorpio, as death and taxes, authorities that one is bound to, need not be so challenging. What's your Aries experience like? Aries on the 6th, a two-day dose of hard physical workout is probably in order when the moon is here. With the positive houses, the moon is giving you a boost in energy to get things going. Initiative is what it wants. In the 10th, that would look like a work-related start or boost. In the 5th, a surge of creative juice. Aries on the 3rd, direct speak or the energy to collect new data. Aries on the second, acting on resources, counting your blessings, work related to or about sustenance, acting on provisions. Fourth house Aries can be about family matters that require action. And of course the seventh will be, a, will be challenges with an assertive partner who must be reminded that agreement is about things being fair. The ninth house Aries, going and doing something new for you. Uh, new activity, new food, new book, um, new activity. The 11th house Aries will feel carefree and an easy time to play a competitive game or two. As the moon travels through each sign, check it out. What is the feel? Who in your life is demoing that moon house placement, etc.? They do suggest, if you're learning, to keep a diary of the moon. Okay, so we are coming down to that segment, Where's the Moon? And I'm just going to quickly... This is a rebroadcast of my radio show, Astrology Today, which aired on CJMP 90.1 FM, Powell Rivers Community Radio Station.